0: This is a Reconstructionist radio production. Please visit calcedon.edu to download or purchase this book. The Philosophy of the Christian Curriculum, Russus J. Rushtuni, Ross House Books, Valaisito, California. Part 2 Chapter 9 Teaching Science Science teaching is made more than normally important, because science in the modern world has for many replaced God as the source of authority. In one field after another, appeal is made to the authority of science, in politics, where we have scientific socialism, in religion in the forms of modernism, in education, in progressivist theory, and so on. If we fail to teach science properly, we will only enhance its false authority to obscure its use. For a Christian, The task of instruction is made simpler by the fact that the biblical Hebrew word for instruction, Torah, means both law and instruction. For us, all things in every sphere are under an ultimate and fundamental law, God's law, and education is instruction in that law order. Modern science is a product of biblical worldview with its belief in God and the world under God's law. Without that substructure... Science will quickly disintegrate. Thus, for the science teacher, the ultimacy of God must be basic. For the humanist, it is the ultimacy of this world which is basic. Scientifically, the consequences of our faith are very great for the doctrine of causality alone. In the biblical faith, we have a marked difference in being between the uncreated being of God and the created being of the universe. This difference makes possible the distinction between the ultimate and primary cause, God, and all secondary causes within creation. Where the creator-creature distinction is blurred or denied, secondary causes disappear, and pantheism, a single cause, emerges. Some churchmen who have thought to honour God by denying secondary causes have regularly ended by destroying the faith, and by negating the doctrine of creation. Humanistic science, by positing as an article of faith the ultimacy of the universe, has, as a result, a strong tendency towards determinism and the denial of secondary causes as anything more than an illusion. Man is a product of the universe and is totally conditioned thereby. The result is the death of responsibility, The only way humanism has out of this trap is to affirm no universe at all, but only brute factuality and a radical anarchy, or total indeterminism. Biblical faith alone preserves the integrity of the ultimate cause and the reality of secondary causes. Man's responsibility is real because creation is real, is separate from God's being, but not government, and is not an illusion nor merely an aspect of ultimate being. It should not surprise us, therefore, that modern science was not only born out of Christianity, but especially out of a Puritan context in 17th century England. This Christian orientation persisted almost into the 20th century. Popular history to the contrary, science did not find its origins in the thought of men like Giordano Bruno. Bruno's humanism, led him rather into occultism. In a universe without God, either blind fate renders man meaningless, or a chaotic universe gives man the opportunity to be an occult lord. Not dominion, but power becomes man's goal. Among the early Puritan leaders in the sciences, a postmillennial perspective was prominent in their minds. Science was a means of exercising dominion. Significantly, Even neo-Orthodox scientists shared a strong interest in eschatology. Thus, Isaac Newton, while having Unitarian or Socinian ideas about Jesus Christ, still spent time and study in writing about Revelation. Scientists were concerned because science was seen as a means of fulfilling God's command to exercise dominion and subdue the earth. The Christian and the non-Christian approached the universe differently and hence define it differently. The humanist, because this world is all, is confident in definition. Life, for example, is defined chemically and physiologically within totally naturalistic confines. If the reality of our world is entirely natural, then definition is relatively easy. Given enough time, all things can be defined after sufficient research, dissection experimentation, or study. From a Christian perspective, this is not true. Leviticus 17.11 makes clear that life is, quote, in the blood, end quote. But it is even more clear that life is not from the blood, but from God, Genesis 2.7. To understand life, we must look beyond life to God. Definition is more than naturalistic. It goes beyond us in our world and is thus, in essence, impossible. For us, therefore, science is not definitive but descriptive and theological. Science becomes more productive as it abandons its goal to divine naturalistically, which leads to theoretical science and limits itself to description in terms of theological premises. The theological foundation also means a realistic view of scientific goals. Because God is God, this means simply that, quote, with God all things are possible, end quote Matthew nineteen twenty six. If the physical universe is ultimate, then it follows logically that, with nature, all things are possible. Because humanistic scientists operate on this premise of the ultimacy of nature and its infinite potentiality, they are ever ready to experiment or to hypothesize in areas known to be impossible from scientific experience. Thus, science tells us that spontaneous generation is not possible, and yet it is a necessary postulate in evolutionary thought. Because infinite potentiality is ascribed not to God but to nature, this impossibility is only impossible in the present, In infinite time, the infinite potentiality of nature overcomes all limitations. Current genetic research also operates in terms of infinite potentiality. Organ transplants are clear examples of this. The June 1977 attempt to transplant a baboon's heart into a human being failed. It was done in the clear knowledge that transplants face a rejection factor. They are like an alien and infecting agent to the host body. The hope is, however, that man can overcome this barrier, and the hope rests on the faith that infinite potentiality belongs to nature rather than to God. The same is true of hybridization. All hybrids are sterile, but the hope continues that a mule will someday be fertile. Thus, the lines God created between various forms of life and inorganic matter are seen as enemies by humanistic science, because this fixity is Denies the infinite potentiality of nature. But this is not all. Because eternity is an attribute of ultimacy, time is a problem to the humanist and an enemy, hence the hostility to clock time. Because for humanistic science all potentiality belongs to nature, it is easy for scientists who read their beliefs in the infinite possibility into their research. The result is a massive trend to scientific fraud and experimentation. This is not new, as witnessed the drawings of the development of the human embryo by Haeckel in the last century. Science Digest, June 1977, has called attention to the high percentage of frauds in reported scientific experiments. The attitude of such researchers, apparently, is that, quote, if it isn't true now, it soon will be, end quote. One of the major problems in all teaching, and no less in the teaching of science, is the dominance of an academic orientation. For example, biology, chemistry and physics are taught in isolation from one another as though a different world existed for each. This means that an abstracted and academic view of science prevails with theoretical science predominant. If we teach instead the history of scientific research, development and invention the role of the various areas in that history of development and application, we gain a more accurate knowledge of the place of science and its meaning. From such an approach, we gain a more realistic view of the sciences and how man has tried to understand himself and the world through science and to exercise dominion through that knowledge and by means of the instruments it has produced. The humanistic curriculum has exalted subjects in their study as an end in themselves. Art for Art's Sake has been paralleled by Science for Science's Sake. Science for Man's Sake is no better unless we view man theologically and view science as a tool for man in his calling to exercise dominion. The
1: Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology.